Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray in these next few moments that we will, or that we will find hope in you. Lord, if there are those in this place this morning who don't have hope, Lord, I pray before this service is over, <clears throat> is over that they will find hope in you. Lord, I pray that you will build hope in our hearts and in our minds today. Lord, I pray that we would become imitators of Christ and that we would begin to, uh, to walk and to live like you lived when you walked on this earth. I thank you for it in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today we're talking about hope. What is hope? <clears throat> hope is not a wish. I mean, in, in our language, sometimes we, we, right, we confuse those. Oh, I hope, I hope the Chiefs win today. <clears throat> Walker's pretty confident, it sounds like. I know we got some Raiders fans in here, so I won't <clears throat> say too much else. But hope is not, is not a wish. New, New Testament hope is not just a wish. Right. New Testament hope is a confident expectation that what Jesus did was enough. It's a confident expectation in what the work that Jesus did for us on the cross and then in his resurrection. Hope is not the same thing as a wish. It's confident expectation that the work of Christ was good enough. Our hope does not hide the fact of our reality, but it says in spite of what I'm experiencing right now, I know and expect what God has in store will outweigh this present suffering. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Hope does not ignore um, what we're going through, but it, it, it believes in Jesus. It expects Jesus. Walker talked about that a little bit ago, that our hope is not in our circumstance. Our hope is not in our in, in what we're facing, but our hope is in Christ and what God has done in him. Because God has not done uh, everything he's going to do for us yet. But he has done everything he's going to do for Jesus. He raised him from the dead. And, and we can expect because of that, that God, when God does everything that he's going to do for us, it will look a lot like Jesus' life. And that's where our hope is. So my first point this morning is, Hope in Christ won't disappoint. Um, Romans 5, 1 through 5 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of glory, in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. And I like the way the uh, NLT says it. And hope does not disappoint. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And the NLT says it this way. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This, the hope in Christ, will not bring you to disappointment. It won't bring you disappointment. Hope in Christ. Have you ever, have you ever thought you really wanted something and then when you got it, you were kind of disappointed? For Christmas one year, I wanted the Dukes of Hazzard racetrack 
you know, that they would go around and it was, you got, you got Boss Hogg's car and you got the General Lee and you got the, um, who's the, who's the sheriff? Um, Roscoe. You got Roscoe P. Coltrane, you got his car. But they would never stay on the track. Every time you'd go around the corner, they'd go flying off. And I was disappointed because I wanted to have hours and hours of car chases. And it would never stay on the track. Well, that's a silly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Example. I'm sorry, I'm not feeling very well today, so you'll have to bear with me when I get kind of low. I fell asleep, actually, when I was three times when I was typing out my uh, notes, so they might not make a lot of sense, but that's all right. Uh, I was disappointed by the Dukes of Hazard. You're not going to be disappointed by Jesus. Jesus will not, placing your hope and trust in Jesus, you will not be disappointed. Those who pl- uh, put their hope in Christ will not be disappointed. He will be all that he has promised to be. He told us in John 14 that he has gone to prepare a place for us, a place in the Father, so that where he is, we may someday be also. That We will not be disappointed if we put our hope in that. We won't be disappointed uh, in the place that Jesus has prepared for us. We won't be disappointed when we see him face to face and we, we realize that our hope was well placed and that he was all that he said he was, that he is our hope, that he is our all in all. We will not be disappointed. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ suffered for our sins once and for all. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He died for sinners to bring us safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Jesus is bringing us safely home to God, and Jesus doesn't fail. We put hope that he will bring us safely home to God, and he will. Jesus does not fail. He will bring you to God. He doesn't disappoint. Our hope will not be met with disappointment. So that's my first point, is that this hope in Christ will not disappoint. My second point um, is taken from the same scripture in Romans 5, 1 through 5. Um, It says, suffering will produce character. Produces uh, perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character produces hope. Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. There are some things in our lives that will only be produced through um, present suffering. And, and, and that word there for suffering is, is, an, is a word in the original that's also used for the word pressure. When pressure is applied to us, it produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And oftentimes we run to God and we ask him to free us from the pressure, free us from the suffering. But God's intent is to, is to do a work in us through that suffering sometimes. Again, believe me, God is not bringing suffering upon anybody. But in that suffering, if we give it over to God, then we can produce perseverance in our lives. And, in, and through that character, through that character, hope. So that's my second point, is that hope is produced sometimes through the pressure that's on our lives. Somehow the pressure that we are under can produce in us hope. Sometimes the greater the suffering, the more eagerly anticipated the relief, right? The darker the night, 
the more eagerly anticipated the sunrise, the, the greater the hope. Sometimes, sometimes the darker the situation, the greater the hope. The third thing is our blessed hope uh, for Christ's return. Isaiah, the second chapter, one through four. Isaiah, um, I'm just going to read it. It says, this is a vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all. The most important place on earth, it will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for the Lord's teachings will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning, for, pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. I long for that day. Do you long? I long for that day. Jesus is coming, and he will set all things right. There'll be no more kidnappings, no more sex trafficking, no more war, no more weapons. No more injustice, no more pain, no more suffering. When Jesus comes and sets things right, it says they will, they will beat their uh, swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. They'll beat their tanks into combines and their guns into... Oh, I don't know, though. There's some Christians that say, you're not taking my guns, so... I don't know what they'll do when God comes. <laughs> and they'll say, out of my cold, dead hands, you'll pry this. I'm not anti-Second Amendment, so don't, don't label me as such. I just don't hold the amendments in the Constitution in the same uh, light as I do the Holy Scripture. Wow, I didn't mean to get off on that. When Jesus comes, he will return and set all things right. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming. And he's going to set things right. And he will come and he will bring justice where there has been injustice. And where there has been wrongs, he will set them right. And Isaiah says that he will settle international disputes between nations. And that they won't train for war anymore. And all that money we spend on war can be used to bring healing to others. I look forward to that day when Jesus comes. I look forward to it. Luke twenty three forty two. let's go back to that. And this is going to be a short message today. Because I'm already at my last point. So you can be happy about that. Is it warm in here? Or is it just me? It feels warm. I'm going to turn this heat down a little bit. Last thing I want to do is pass out. (laughs) Sorry. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
Luke 23, 42. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What was it about this situation that gave the thief on the cross hope in Jesus? Because that, this is the thief on the cross talking to Jesus. He says, hey, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. What about this situation would give the thief on the cross any inclination that this was a king? He was dying the same death the thief was. He had been beaten just like probably the thief had. What showed, what showed him? Oh, thank you. I brought a water bottle, but I don't know what I did with it. Why did the thief, how did he know? We're not given a whole lot of, of, of answers there. We know that one, one of the thieves began to ridicule Jesus and say, save us if you really are the king. <clears throat> but this guy, he, he had hope in Christ. But I believe it goes back to the scripture I read a little bit ago, that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. The thief on the cross saw Jesus suffer well. There are many other, I believe, reasons that the thief on the, on the cross believed in Jesus, but I believe that this is one of them. Even though it looked impossible, Jesus did not look like a king. Jesus was dying. Scripture tells us, Isaiah says that he was unrecognizable as a man. He was beaten so bad. How could he be a leader of a kingdom? How could he be a lord? It's ridiculous to think that this guy was a king. But I believe that there was something about the way that Christ suffered that produced hope in the thief. There is something about the way we endure suffering and hardships that will awaken hope in others. There was something about Jesus that awakened hope in, in that thief. And I believe that there is something about the way we endure suffering and hardships that will awaken hope in others. And I believe we have a good example of that today, and I am not trying to embarrass anyone. But over the past week or so, I've been spending a lot of time with Deb and with Paul. And I've been watching the way that Deb has endured suffering. And it has in me produced hope. I can't explain it. It doesn't make sense. But it has produced hope in me. And we have questions. We wonder why. We don't understand. But there is something about suffering well that produces and awakens hope in others. And that's what happens to the thief on the cross. And the thief on the cross says, Jesus, remember me. I was talking to Paul and Deb the other night, 
and I, and I was talking about the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross didn't, didn't say any fancy prayer. He didn't say the Apostles' Creed. He didn't go through some long, lengthy um, church training. He just said, remember me. Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And that's my prayer today is, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom. The thief on the cross had hope because of Jesus. You and I can have hope because of Jesus. We have a hope because of Christ. And when we suffer, and when we, are, when we face hardships, and when we face pressure, if we handle it well, it will produce hope in others. So my points today, man, we're going to get out real early today. You should be so happy. My poor points were hope in Christ won't disappoint. That pressure and suffering will produce character, which will produce hope. And that Jesus is coming back to set things right. And that is our blessed hope. Amen. Amen. Amen.